Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Bown. I'm the web editor at Hotel Analyst. And joining us around the desk of Insight this week, we have Catherine Dogroll, our perspectives editor, and Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst. This week, we have three topics that will take you around the world. We're going to be talking about OYO and their Indian market expectations. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the German market, and we're also taking a visit to China. But let's kick off with uh, uh, India and OYO and uh, what they're up to, and not least the fact that Airbnb has recently announced they have committed an investment into OYO which would suggest that one disruptor buying into another disruptor all sorts of uh, interesting or perhaps less interesting things are due in the, in the future. Catherine you're disappointed by this aren't you? I'm deeply disappointed by this yes actually um, but there we, there we are it's my week for being just deeply disappointed by things that Airbnb does so uh, yes one disruptor plus another disruptor makes something not particularly fascinating um, but probably cheap listing for all and Airbnb has continued its buying frenzy after hotel tonight by putting in what we hear is between 150 and 200 million dollars into OYO um, and Oyo's houses and villas will now be listed on Airbnb. Um, so lots and lots of fun for Airbnb, still progressing slowly but inevitably towards their IPO. And um, and yes, more access to the market for Oyo, more looking like a um, other technology travel company rather than a hospitality company for Airbnb. Fun times. It's interesting that you're seeing um, Airbnb jump in on Oyo. In some ways, I would say they're almost the antithesis of what Airbnb is about. So if Airbnb, the phrase we've heard a million and one times from every Airbnb spokesperson is magical travel experiences. Well, what OYO offers is standardised travel experiences. That is pretty magical, though, after recent history in the Indian hotel market. Well, that's the point. I agree. I agree. That is the point. So what you've got with OYO, they're coming in um, and swooping on this very undercapitalised guest house market with the occupancies. I don't know how they're surviving, but apparently the occupancy is down as low as 20%. Um, and not surprising, they've got very, very little cash. And OYO comes in and does a deal with them, swoops on them and says, you've got to sell all of your rooms through us. Uh, we're going to give you a quick titivation. It's usually a few tins of paint um, and the odd sign here and there. And um, and then we're going to market um, your property. And usually quite successfully, they, ra- they raise occupancy, they raise rates, um, and the owners have liked it. But, of course, there's the inevitable lashback because OYO is, is taking 25% or so of the revenues and um, the owners are getting a little bit um, annoyed in some places because of that. Now, that's worked quite well in India. Um, in China, interestingly, the the rumours of the uh, the commission level are that that is around the sort of low single digits and they've had to do that to obtain market share they've gone in there being uber cheap and whilst they are claiming to be in the top three or four of chinese hotel chains if you look at the amount of money or you are making out of china i doubt they'd be in the top 10 in terms of the the hotel chains so it's a very different approach they've had to adopt for china um, and indeed i think it's going to be interesting the approach they're going to adopt 
um, elsewhere. And the UK is sort of in in, in uh, the sights of of IO, um, and they're they're making early um, inroads here in this market. Um, in the UK and, and quite what they're going to do it remains to be seen but you know they're, they're sort of pitching themselves at that uh, super super budget end of the market it, the kind of place where Whitbread has launched its Zip brand and maybe even below where Zip is launched and it's a market typically which the standard hotel chains um, haven't been able to come near because you're dealing with properties which are too small too undercapitalized these people don't have the cash to you know if you talk about a property improvement plan just forget it um because they don't have the money for that but oyo has a solution for this marketplace so i think it's quite interesting um, I, i'm just um puzzled as to what and how we describe it because it's it, it's sort of a, a you know a, a sort of mix and match of all the different bits of sharing economy platform of franchising of consortia all of this is in the mix here with oyo and um i I think you know like a lot of entrepreneurial operations they're making it up as they go along and you know working out where they can get some cash in the business but it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch and i think it's genuine genuinely innovative i'm not entirely convinced um how it's going to roll out i'm not sure that's what you want outside of India, um, but let's see. Because mm. in the in the UK, the uh, there's, there's an interesting mix of uh, properties on their website, but most of them seem to be united by the fact they've had a red and white um, sign stuck on the front. <laughs> um, yeah, they've they've got the Dulux out. Yeah, yeah, and not much else. So, uh, yes, well, um, this is this is the point, isn't it? This is what brings Airbnb and Oyo together, and what, where the brands just aren't interested. It reaches the parts the brands cannot reach because nobody there can afford to pay for the brands. Um, not at that level, but this gives them that quick quick route to market. But yes, what it means for profitability and what it means for everything else, who knows? Yeah, how, how sustainable is this, this profit stream here? Exactly. Um, you've, got, you've got businesses which really effectively, historically, we've seen them pushed out of the market. And certainly if you look at the growth of the branded budget hotel chains in the UK, Whitbread a few years ago did a great piece of research looking at um, the overall room stock in the UK. And what it showed was that as the new branded budgets moved in, outmoved the, the, the sort of tired and underinvested stock. Now this gives legs to this tired and underinvested stock, but for how much longer? That's the question. And also, how how long will Oyo, bit like Uber, be running at a loss? And how how long can it afford to run at a loss in order to uh, grab market share left, right, and centre in in many different parts of the world? Almost seems as soon as you start making money, you get into trouble if you're one of these dot com companies. I'm thinking of calling it hotelanalyst.com actually. <laughs> well, now let's move on to another country that's perhaps a little bit more uh, uh, mature than Wild West um, and look at Germany, where we've recently had um, a review from the agents Christian Co., as well as we've had uh, some results in from uh, Motel One, the company that's sort of a bit like the Premier Inn of Germany. Well, perhaps it ought to be the Premier Inn division of <laughs> in Germany. Um, let's discuss, Catherine, what, what, what are your takeaways from uh, the Christine report and also from uh, uh, having a look at the orga- organogram of Motor One's ownership? <laughs> yeah, no, the organogram. Anyway, anyone's planning on, um, on uh, being troubled by the recent 
appearance of the sun in the sky, the late evenings, the move towards the long, long days of summer, uh, you can go to sleep in seconds or less with uh, Moto One's organogram. Um, <laughs> and uh, what a complex structure it is, which is no doubt why we haven't seen a deal there yet, um, although I think other factors may well be at play at that point. But Moto One, of course, has been um, most recently linked to, by us usually, um, things premiere in, <laughs> but you know, accurately so, <laughs> hopefully. Things premiere in might want to buy so it can expand into Germany like what it wants to. Um, it hasn't as yet. Things are still going very well at Motel One. Um, they did caution that uh, there was quite a lot of supply coming into the market in the Germany. And this was um, hitting occupancy a little bit. And this is what Christian Coe also said. Uh, there is an awful lot of supply coming into Germany and it may hit rates <coughs> in the short term. They were quite confident that everything will be fine in the long term. But this was a nuanced fine. Everything will be fine if you've got good distribution and you've got a good brand. So no sign of Oyo as yet. But um, <clears throat> what this means for, for Whitbread, of course, is the interesting part. They need to get in. The market's very enthusiastically priced. They have to spend a lot of money. Motel One may not be available. What to do, what to do, ladies and gentlemen. But the good news is that much like in the UK and like the old good friends at Toyo, um, it's likely to hit the unbranded independents most. And so there could be some some pickings uh, to be had there. Quite sure how rich those pickings might be though. Mm, it's very interesting. Um, when you've got people essentially on the, on, on the sell side um, coming out saying, oh, it's going to get tough. What they mean is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> Um, and uh, you, you've got double digit supply increases in the four main German cities, Frankfurt, Hamburg, Munich and Berlin. Um, this is not going to be easily absorbed. Germany also has a problem in that it's really struggled to get its rates off the floor. Um, you know, if you, if you want to go and stay in a luxury five star in a European capital city um, at a bargain basement price, you can do little better than Berlin, I would suggest. Um, and unfortunately, it looks like that situation is going to continue for some time. Um, and I think for the next few years, it's going to be very tough indeed. But, 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 but the, the medium to long term and, you know, hotels very much, if you're investing in hotels, um, you know, they're, they're not just for Christmas. Um, you've got to think the, the little 10, 20 year horizon. Um, and in the case of Germany, I think there's some really good news coming here, which is that the Germans are going to have to radically shift how they currently have their economy structured. Um, they're their trade surpluses are obscene they're getting towards a double digit level they just can't carry on with that not un not unless they're you know if they have any ambition at all of holding the eurozone together certainly and avoiding the wrath of people like trump um they're going to have to shift into a more consumer orientated market and of course this move is going to really benefit our industry the the hotel sector in particular um so i mean that, that that's the sort of really good news in in the long term um europe's biggest economy is going to have to shift and and see a very significant growth in this in 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 the hospitality sector but you know you're going to have to hold your nerve in the in the short term and there's lots of uh, lots of the properties in in germany are leased aren't they so uh, not on not generally on kind of flexible leases but on fairly fixed or index linked leases so short-term yeah. pain for the uh for the tenants i think i mean 
you know, the people I've talked to who are much closer to this um, than I am um, or will ever be, um, they're, they're suggesting that they're on a much more rational and sensible basis, the lease structures they have out there. I mean, there was, what, 20 years ago, um, a period where uh, a lot of hotel development companies, they'd structure um, unsustainable leases, um, and, and that took decades to wash out of the system and for, for four decades um, the German industry was the butt of many a joke um, because of just how how bad it was. Um, I, I don't think we're in that kind of situation again in terms of the leases themselves even if they are um, uh, as you point out Chris uh, fixed. Um, uh, that does of course make it tougher and, and from an operator perspective that it gives them a huge amount more exposure and I think you've got to be super careful um, when you're looking at these companies like Motel One which is um, significantly leased. To our third global market we're looking at this week and that's China and one reason for us taking a look at this is that Huazu, who we used to call China Lodging, have recently put out their full year and fourth quarter uh, results. Uh, this is uh, very much just a China focused operation and they've got over 4,000 hotels across China, um, all in the budget end, but moving their portfolio gently up from that. Uh, Catherine, you've had a good look through these numbers. What stood out? The scale and upscale is what Wazoo is all about at the moment. Um, you'll recall they did have a strategic agreement with Accor and some <coughs> cross-ownership fun um, as far as shares go, not uh, as far as the hotels go. And so uh, onwards and upwards they go um, to, I think, 80% of the pipeline is now mid-scale and upscale. They're launching new upscale brands. They're having a collection brand. Oh, it's all come together. Um, you know, oh, they're a real boy now. But um, so, yes about Wazoo, um, they hailed the growth of uh, things like Mercure, which they've been um, slotting into their pipeline quite successfully. But um, as you said, Chris, they've come from uh, budget and they are moving up, whereas the big global operators have come from luxury and are now looking to slowly sift down and see what they can pick up in China. And, um, and we shall see where the two cross over in the middle and whether that's going to work out. But um, they're all about their manichising and franchising and uh, it's kind of all coming together for Wazoo. They have talked about looking overseas and uh, every not a, not a call goes by where somebody doesn't say, when are you looking overseas? Um, and look, they, indeed they are. So we look to see what will happen there. There was some mention of, um, I can't remember it was now, I think Singapore or something, so not terribly far overseas uh, a couple of calls ago. There wasn't any mention of that this time around specifically, but uh, I should be intrigued to see what happens when they make that big leap. It, it's interesting, this this mix that you've got going on between the economy, budget hotels at one side, and then the upper mid-scale and upscale and luxury and what have you, uh, and it is very much one good, one bad. The the bad being at the the lower end of the the chain scale segments. Uh, it it is what's interesting, I think, with with China is just how it's shaping up to look so much like the U.S. hotel market, um, which is which has been a catastrophe if you're in the economy hotel space for most people, um, but it's been pretty good if you're in an urban market and you're up and mid scale or higher, you you're doing pretty well. Um, and China does look like it's it's turning into that sort of a market. Uh, it's still, in, in terms of brand penetration, it's only about a third or so of the properties are branded, and most of the unbranded are in that, and again, 
uh, undercapitalized um, small hotel um, market. Not not as bad as India's, but it, um, still there is a, a shortage of cash there. And I actually think a lot of them are just going to have to exit the market and there'll be a bigger focus on this. Well, I guess that's where Oyo is going to jump in and try and pick up some. So we'll see how that, that all, all plays out. Um, so I, I think, and also, and if we jump back to our what we we're just saying about Germany, I think there's a there's a similar story here with China in that their their economy is switching towards the the, the service um, end of the the spectrum uh, away from being just focused on manufacturing. Again, global geopolitics is playing its role here. Um, they need to the wrath of Trump is 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 there, and they they need to be seen to be not. Um, running such huge trade surpluses and the good news story is again for our industry it's going to benefit as they switch to um, spending money on services and and the, the travel and tourism very much embedded within the experience economy piece which is going to see the growth in the future I think in China so I think and while the Chinese economy is you know in relative terms in a slowdown it's sort of five percent and or even below depending on which figures you want to believe um, which from the nearly double digit they used to be on is is a marked slowdown still pretty impressive by western standards um, but um, that's impacting the manufacturing side um, but not in travel and tourism which seems to be you know pretty buoyant still the other thing i think and the, the chinese market as we touched on with wazoo is is what they're going to get up to um overseas i think the the days of the great outbound capital thing is, is over um uh, the the chinese communist party which has um very tight grip on these things has, has said that you're only investing in hotels if they're part of the, uh, the belt and road initiative otherwise forget it um and if you have invested them well you know you're going to be selling them off and handing the cash back thanks very much and we're seeing a bit of that going on we've seen Xinjiang move in on um H&A stake um obviously in 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 Radisson um but Xinjiang you know what's it going to do with its um stake in Accor so that that's been quietly reduced i think it it was 12 and a half percent or nearly 12 and a half percent it's now down at 12 percent and i think that's going to be quietly um um taken down um there's no hope of xinjiang being allowed to take out Accor anyway um that's been made quite clear by the french government so but there is a friendlier relationship with wazoo and Accor, and wazoo has a four and a half percent stake in in Accor, and of course they they sell each other's um franchises and um so forth so there's a cooperative relationship there and that's likely to expand and grow i think and uh wazoo is actually delivering isn't it on mercures and overtels and ibis properties yeah. in, in quite some good yeah. numbers as well yeah 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 yeah. That, uh, we'll wrap up our around the world tour thank you for listening we'll uh, see you next week bye for now <laughs>